Hello, and welcome to the Rice Historical Review Podcast. My name is Josue Alvarenga, and I'm with Melissa Carmona. We're the co-directors of podcasting for the Rice Historical Review, and today we'll be discussing the history of voting in the United States of America. Today, we vote through a variety of methods, including drive-through voting centers, mail ballots, electronic ballots, and of course, the traditional paper ballots. Many of our listeners today may have even casted a ballot during the early voting period, or maybe waiting until Tuesday to cast a ballot in the 2020 presidential election. Throughout history, there have been several different methods of voting that we obviously do not use today that have evolved over the years to give us the secure and private voting methods that can have you in and out in a matter of minutes. There's been a great deal of public discussion about voting in the past few weeks, and we thought it would be interesting to go back and see how the history of voting has evolved over the years. Going back to the 18th century, in the first few years of colonial elections, voting was done in a certain location in town commons, with a lot of variation from region to region on the exact methods to cast votes. And the reasons for all of this variation was because paper voting was deemed impractical in a largely illiterate society, so they had to find other ways to vote. And how voting worked back then was white men who owned property, who were the ones deemed eligible to vote under the standards at that time, could vote by voice, raising hands, standing in a specified location, or even putting beans in a hat. All of these methods were highly irregular and highly public, so you would have to let others know who exactly they were voting for. Campaigning was even allowed at polling stations at this time. Due to the high irregularity and lack of standardization, voting fraud was a common occurrence, and this led for many people to want to start to reform how people started to vote. Paper ballots first appeared in the early 19th century, but they were still not standardized. They could even be scraps of paper that a voter wrote the name of his preferred candidate on and then dropped in a specified ballot box. This lack of standardization led to political parties co-opting the use of paper ballots to their advantage. Both the Democratic and Republican Party would print out ballots with only their candidates' names. These ballots started to be called tickets because they looked like 19th century train tickets. And fun fact, this is terminology that is still used today. This made it easier than ever for voters to engage in straight ticket voting, meaning they could only vote for a singular political party and the candidates on that ballot. These partisan paper ballots would rule the second half of the 19th century and would contribute to the continuation of voter fraud. Of course, these ballots, biased ballots would lead to frequent accusations of voter fraud and cause for election reform. The United States looked to Australia who developed the first standardized government printed paper ballot in 1858. Dubbed the Australian paper ballot, all the candidates' names were printed on it. These were handed out to voters at the polling location. And this form of voting was first adopted by New York and Massachusetts in 1888, and then spread from there to the rest of the United States. The introduction of these standardized paper ballots would lead to more advanced voting technologies starting to arise in the late 19th century, in addition to the Australian paper ballot. For example, Jacob H. Myers invented the automatic booth voting machine which would revolutionize how elections garnered votes in the upcoming 20th century. It had more moving parts than any other machine during this era, including the automobile. Obviously, it was very expensive and very complicated. Likely, it would be installed in the corner of a polling station where it would be in use for several years. This technology used lever machines where each candidate for every race had a small lever next to their name and Americans voted by pulling down the levers of the candidates they were voting for or a, another lever which um, voted for a straight ticket. Again, you can imagine just how complex this would become. There were 200 or more levers on the machines, including several working parts within it. And these complicated mechanics could lead to voting mishaps, 
could be a serious miscounts if even a single gear was out of place or missing, and someone could rig the votes by tampering with the machines. And often cases, election officials wouldn't be able to tell anything was wrong due to the complexity of the machine. As time went on, more and more people thought these machines were impractical in a modern society. The first punch cards then came out in the 1960s and were framed as giant technological innovations in the world of how people vote. These cards could be counted by computer, which can produce nearly instantaneous vote tallies, letting people know who the winner of the, of the election was on that same day. But again, the system had drawbacks, just like the mechanical voting machines, which is a problem we saw arise during the 2000 election and the Florida recount that arose after that. Now, it is important to address some terminology surrounding this election. For those of you old enough to remember the 2000 election, you may recall hearing about hanging chads. A chad is a small piece of paper that's popped out of these punch cards once the voter makes their choice. The problems that arise is whenever the chad isn't fully detached, which is a hanging chad, or is only partially pushed in, which is a pregnant or dimple chad. In the election of 2000, in Florida, election officials had to go in and check these chads by hand. After the Florida recount and the subsequent Supreme Court case, Congress passed the Help America Vote Act of 2002, which raised standards for voting equipment. Now, states and municipalities spent millions of dollars on upgrading voting equipment. Although even this had drawbacks that we saw during the 2016 election, where electronic voting machines in 21 states were targeted by Russian hackers. As a result of this targeted hacking, many states have now moved away from this electronic voting by touchscreen and are now switching back to paper ballots. This is made possible by using optical scanning technology where fillable paper ballots can be mailed out to voters and are then scanned at a later time. This has led to an increase in mail-in voting and early voting before election day. Again, as we push the finish line of voting and await the results of the 2020 election, there are great strides in technology and electoral reform that have worked towards making voting a free and fair process. And remember, if you haven't cast your vote yet, make sure to vote on Tuesday. So thank you for tuning in today. And don't forget to check out the Rice Historical Review Virtual Edition, alongside picking up your hard copies, which are coming soon. In the meantime, check out our other podcasts and short form pieces at www.ricehistoricalreview.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, we further the future by promoting the past.